So let's now hear from God's Word as we continue working through the, the book of Hebrews. It's the fourth chapter, beginning at the 11th verse for today. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by some sort of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the vision of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him whom we must give an account. This is the word of God still speaking today. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. So when you hear the phrase, word of God or God's word, what do you first think of? (laughs) Yeah, if you're like me, we think of the Bible. That's one aspect of God's word. Holy Scripture. But it's not all that the Word of God is. And in the book of Hebrews, the phrase phrase, Word of God I found out is used four times because I did a word search. And what I found fascinating is even though we've seen so far that the author quotes often from the Old Testament, the Holy Scriptures of the Old Testament, not once does he call that the Word of God. When, they, when he quotes scripture, he often says, he said, he uses the phrase, God spoke to our Father through the prophets, or sometimes, as the Holy Spirit says. They're just some of the phrases that are used whenever he references the Old Testament scriptures here in Hebrews. And as I was wondering, I was thinking, I think the author is assuming that everyone who's reading or hearing this letter understands that Holy Scripture is God's Word. It's God's Word given and written through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit by human authors. That's what most Christians believe, that we have the divine Word of God, inspired by God, written by human authors. And in uh, 2 Timothy 3.16 Paul writes this to help understand this idea a little bit. It says, all scripture is God-breathed, given by divine inspiration, and is profitable for instruction, for conviction of sin, for correction of error, and restoration to obedience, for training in righteousness. All scripture means All of this. We don't get to pick and choose. You know, my belief is that as followers of Jesus Christ, we accept by faith that the Bible is correct. However, we don't use blind faith. We don't blind faith with say, yeah, I believe it. Because there's a history of God's word. The early church had a very concise and way that they selected what would be in the New Testament. The Old Testament was done by Jewish leaders. They say, here's what our official 
scripture is going to be. And then when they put together the Old Testament and the New Testament, the 66 books that we hold as our canon, that's a word for the, the whole of scripture, it was inspired by the Spirit and people wrote it. But there was this very profound way they did it. They had conferences. And if you, if you like history, you can study it. They just didn't decide. They, they saw that most of it, 80% of the New scripture, New Testament scriptures, were being circulated and used in the churches. There were a few that was, there was discussion and argument about. But they decided, and then like 30, 50 years later, they, they held it again. They reaffirmed that this is our Holy Scripture. This is God's inspired word for us. I know I trust it fully. I hope you do. And if you don't right now, I hope that eventually you'll learn to fully trust in our Bible. The truth is that the phrase word of God is rich and complex that can be interpreted a variety of ways. Here in the book of Hebrews, the phrase can be referred to the spoken words of Jesus Christ, the written words in Scripture, the preaching even of the gospel, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, and the power of God at work in the world is also can be considered the word of God. When he heals someone, that's the word of God at work. And because of our limited time, I want to focus on the written word of God today in these few minutes that we have, what we call the Bible. The Bible is our guide to trusting God and finding full satisfaction and rest in Christ. A pastor and writer, Albert Muller, in referencing this part of Hebrews, these, this chapter and these verses, he said that God has given us the gift of Holy Scripture so that we will not follow the example of Israel's disobedience, referencing how they failed to fully trust in God. The story of Exodus that we referenced in the last few chapters, the last few Sundays. And that's why verse 11, we read it the last verse last week, and this week it's the first verse. It says, let us therefore strive, let's try hard, let's work on to enter that rest of God, so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience, for the word of God is living and active as it goes into the, the next verse, verse 12. The truth is the Bible helps lead us into Christ-likeness. If we want to become more like Jesus, we need to read the Bible. Another reason we need to read the Bible is because we live in a world where many people doubt that God even exists. And even people who believe there's a God, there's so many conflicting philosophies and even religious views from those who believe in God. Even from Christians, we have arguments and divisions among the right way, what God's word truly says. That's why if we want to gain more understanding for ourselves about what God has said in Holy Scripture, we need to read, maybe even study, our Bibles. In Paul's second letter to Timothy again, we hear these words. Paul's exhorting Timothy and us. He says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. A worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. 
how can we rightly handle the word of truth, God's word, if we aren't reading it, if we aren't asking questions about it, and we aren't finding ways to apply it in our lives today. Reading, asking questions, and applying it, that's what I mean by studying it. I truly believe if you want to grow in your faith and your understanding of God, then you need to be a student of the Bible. I know that that sounds awful. Oh, great, pastor's just giving me something else to do. Now I've got to be a student. I'll put that on my list. (laughs) The truth, though, is that you're either going to be excited to want to dive into the Bible so you can understand more about God, or you aren't going to be excited. What if we can change our attitude from we must read God's Word to we get to read God's Word? And as I was thinking and Figuring out how I wanted to present this idea, I just kept coming back to, there's a video that uh, a well-known pastor, John Piper, he's a well-known reformed pastor, his ministry, Desiring God, put out a few, few years ago. It's called God Wrote a Book. I've actually placed it up on our website, worship-on-demand. You can watch that. But here, I'm just going to use some of those words. I hope they inspire you like they have and do inspire me. God wrote a book. Think about it. That that blows me away every time I stop to think about it. Pages and pages and pages of God. God's thoughts, God's words, God's heart. Right here. It's just a few inches away. I can carry it with me wherever I go. I can read it whenever I want to. When we open the Bible, what do we see? We see God himself in this book. We meet him here or we don't meet him at all. Not with any hope of friendship. Reading the Bible is one of the most important things we can ever do. It's more valuable than anything we own. It's sweeter than anything you've ever eaten, even mom's peas and dumplings. It's literally more important than breathing. But that's not always what we see when we see and we open our Bible. Our weak, tired, and distracted eyes, they look, and all we see is a lifeless, boring portrait on the wall or on the shelf. We have to understand that it's it's not a portrait. It's a window. It doesn't hang lifeless on the, in an old frame on the wall. It, does, it breaks through that wall into another world. The real world. The lasting world. The, the better world. And through this window shines the divine light of Christ that changes everything around us. 
we know that the road to knowing God isn't easy. Discipline and resolve, I'm going to read my Bible every day, they, they can only carry you so far. A few days, a few weeks, maybe a few months. For the long run, we need something stronger, more compelling than just discipline and resolve. There's too many traps along the path, too many hurdles in our lives. At the root, the reason that we don't read the Bible is that we don't want to read the Bible. We don't see joy, peace, and life when we see this book. We see a wall, not a window. So we put it off, we leave it shut, and we move on. We stay in bed, and we miss the miracle. The God who said, let let light shine in the darkness, loves to speak light into the hearts and minds of his people. God wrote a book. And with this book, with these words in front of us, he wakens our dead, bored souls. He frees us from the bondage to sin, from the desires that rob us, He comforts the depressed, inspires the discouraged, guides the confused. He empowers us to make our lives count for his kingdom, his work in this world today. He satisfies us completely and forever with words, his words. So will I read my Bible tomorrow? Where else will I go? How else will I know God? How else will I prepare myself to enjoy Him forever? Yes, I'll spend the rest of my life looking out of this window, watching, waiting for another glimpse, another miracle, another glimpse of my God, Praise the Lord. We actually have the words of God himself. It's almost too good to be true. And yet how often, because we're so accustomed to this reality, one of the greatest wonders of all the universe, it barely moves us to handle the Bible with the care and the awe it deserves, or at least access his words with the frequency that they deserve. Familiarity can breed contempt or at least neglect. While scarcity drives demand, abundance can lead to apathy. For many of us, we have multiple Bibles on our shelves in different translations. We have copies on our computers, on our phones. We can access God's word at any time. We have access to the very words of God like never before in human history. Yet how often do we appreciate and marvel at 
the wonder of what we have. One of the greatest facts in all of history is that God gave us a book. He gave us a book. God has spoken. God has revealed himself through the prophets and the apostles and appointed that they write down his words and that they be preserved. We actually have God's words. We can hear in our souls the very voice of God. God himself through the Bible. For a century, God's word was copied by hand. You had one transcript and they would sit and they would copy it painstakingly, making sure they don't make a mistake. Then for the last 500, little over 500 years, we had the printing press and God's word has gone far and wide like never before. Do you realize men and women sacrificed their lives? upsetting the apple cart of man-made religion that said you can't write and change God's word into another language because they wanted to translate God's word into the heart language of their native tongue. And now in the digital revolution, access to God's own words has exploded exponentially again. And yet, and yet in the abundance Do we marvel at what we have? And do we as individuals and as churches make the most of what infinite riches we have in such access to Holy Scripture? In closing, I want to read verse 12 again, this time uh, from the Amplified Bible. The Amplified Bible, they, they take the original text and then they'll put words in brackets that help bring out the original meaning from that original language. So, verse 12. For the word of God is living and active and full of power. And in brackets it says, making it operative, energizing, and effective. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating as far as the division of soul and the spirit, the completeness of a person and of both joints and marrow, the deepest parts of our soul and nature, exposing and judging the very thoughts and the intentions of the heart. God uses the word to enable us to see the sin and the unbelief in our own hearts. The word through the Holy Scripture exposes our hearts, And then, when we trust God, the word enables our hearts to obey God and claim his promises. That's why we have to be, we should be diligent to apply ourselves to hear and pay careful attention to God's word. In the word, we see God. And we see how God sees us. We see ourselves as we really are. Beloved children of God. And it's that experience that enables us to be honest with God as we learn to trust his will in our lives. The Bible is our guide to trusting God and finding full satisfaction and rest in him. Amen. Amen.